0: You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to renewlifechurch.com. Good morning. we will try that again. Good morning. Everybody good? Isn't God good? Can you even it up for our worship team as well? Aren't they amazing? I feel like you should know this. Uh, we, we do not use a hazer, a fog machine on Sunday morning. Um, but I believe that the glory of God is literally showing up in this room every single time we meet. Like if you look around this room and you look at the lights, it almost looks like we're one of those churches, and we would be if the hazer worked. <laughs> I just believe that God is showing up on purpose. And the reason he's showing up is because you're showing up. So can you give yourself a hand clap? Come on. Give it up for yourselves. Come on. Give it up for yourselves like you love yourself. Come on. Come on. We are a church that likes to celebrate what God is doing. And so one of the things at Renew Life Church that we aspire to, to, to see in our vision is to see heaven come to earth in every single area of your life. That is what Jesus actually came and that's what Jesus offered us, is an exchange that we don't have to wait until we get to heaven to have and experience heaven, but we could experience the realities of heaven while we're right here on the earth. And so that is so much better than the things that I see today and so that's what we're after and I feel like that's what we're gonna press in today. So I'm just really honored uh, just to be with you. My name's Cody Sykes, I'm the campus pastor. If you're a first time uh, guest, church, can we welcome our first time guests? Can you give it up for them? Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for being a part of what, what God is doing here. And just if if, if this is your first time and, and you weren't sure what you just walked into, uh, heaven looks just like what you experienced. I'm just gonna say that. So, anyway, now I'm excited to share a word uh, today. Even though I'm not quite sure how this is all gonna work out, we'll see we'll see what happens. It's kind of one of those. Y'all okay with that? One of those, just let's just roll the dice and see what happens. You're like, oh no, this is my first time. Please don't do that to me. It's going to be totally fine. I believe the Lord's going to take control in a moment. But I, I just want to impart something to you today, something, I want to share a few things that impart courage, that impart belief, that impart grittiness, grittiness. I feel like God is asking us to become gritty, and gritty literally is this, it means to be courageously persistent. I want us to grow into this people that become courageously persistent in our ability to believe God. Believe God. People who are gritty are people who have the ability to stick with things until they are finished. Even if they face adversity, they bounce back from failure and they bounce back from disappointment. They are also people that persist even when progress is slow and when things seem to be very, very difficult. Say, that's me. I'm gritty. I'm gritty. I bounce back. I finish. About half of the room believes that. It's okay. By the end of it, hopefully you're going to join the rest. It's going to be fun. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10. It says this, if the ax is dull and and, and he does not sharpen its edge, then he must exert more strength, but wisdom to sharpen the ax helps him succeed with less effort. Today, my intention is to help you sharpen your axe, to impart wisdom and to sharpen your edge. Amen? Yeah. If you're taking notes today, you can uh, title the message, uh, Believe God. It's just that simple. Believe God. You have any people that believe God? Amen. Uh, I had a direction that I was headed this week, and uh, I felt good about it, and then I came in on Friday, and I felt like I was, I, I was going to the office just to get ready, and, and I felt like the Lord directed me to come here in this room. It was empty. Obviously, no one was in here, and, and I brought my Bible, and I brought my iPad, and I was just going to expand on what God was saying. And, and I, I ended up walking this stage for probably three hours and just praying and pressing in for you, praying for your family, praying for your health, praying for our city, praying for this area, praying for this church. I bet I walked a mile and a half in this room, and I just marched and I prayed, and as I marched and as I prayed, I felt God become uh, more strong on me. I I felt like I was walking in a different kind of boldness. I even had just this radical encounter where I just laid right here on the stage for 30 minutes and just cried my eyes out because I just, I want God and I want God for you. And I just believe that in that moment, God started speaking a few things to me, and, and he started telling me books of the Bible and chapters. And so the, this one that I want to settle on today is this, it's in D- Daniel chapter 6, Daniel. Daniel chapter 6. We're going to read a lot of scripture in just a moment and, and, and it would, I could tell you the story but I feel like we're supposed to read this as a, as a church, we're supposed to read the whole chapter, almost the whole chapter of what happened in Daniel chapter 6. I, I'm aware that some of you may not know this story and so I want you to see what's happened in scripture rather than you just hear it from me. So we're going to go to Daniel chapter 6, and I'm going to read out of the New King James Version, starting in verse 1. Y'all good? Yep. Said it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom, and over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give an account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Verse 3. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and the satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, we shall not not find charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God." So so these governors and satraps thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdoms and and administrators and satraps, the council and the advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions." Now, O king, establish this decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the, uh, the Medes and, per, and the Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, the king, therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since the early days. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplications before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any god or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which do not alter So they answered and said before the king that Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, does not show due regard for you, O king, or the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, no king. Know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and the Persians that no decree or statute which the king establishes may be changed. So they're just telling him, you can't change this. So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signets of his lord's that the purpose concerning Daniel might not change. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting, and no musicians were brought up before him. Also his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a, loud, a, a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the mouth of the lions? The, then Daniel said to the king, "O king, live forever. My God sent an angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me, because I, found inno- I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you." Now the king was exceedingly glad for him, and commanded that he should take Daniel, that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den with no injury, and no injury was found on him, because he believed. In his God. And the king gave the commandment. I don't know if I cut y'all off at 23 or not, but I'm going to read 24. And the king gave the commandment that they brought those men who accused Daniel. And they cast them into the den of lions. Them, their children, and their wives. And the lions overpowered them and broke all of their bones into pieces before they ever came in contact with the bottom of the den. What an incredible exchange and what an incredible story. And and I I want to expand on this, but first I want us to pray. I want us to pray and just to ask God just to to reveal things to us. So Father, I ask you that in the next few moments that you would reveal your your plan and your purpose for while we're settling on Daniel chapter 6. I pray that the word becomes alive as we share it. I pray that you would you would take over all of, I, all of who I am, that I would decrease and that you increase, God. I give you my tongue, I give you my mind and my eyes. I, I just want to, to be an, a, a mouthpiece for you, Father, that someone might meet you, the only one that can satisfy and the only one that can sustain. And so we bless you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would open us up. You would remind us of the things that Jesus said and you would teach us all things as the scripture said that you would do. We bless you. We thank you for these things. We pray them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Have you ever been in a situation where you were the target or the attack of something that was an injustice? <laughs> like, well, better not say. Uh, I'm just going to tell on myself, okay? So we're gonna let, I'm going to let you know that your, your pastor is holy now but wasn't so holy then. <laughs> I was reminded when I was, t- when I was thinking through Daniel chapter 6 and, and just even what Daniel went through in this injustice and how there was this accusation that was brought against him. I was reminded of the only one time that I ever went to jail. <laughs> yes, you can go to jail, get redeemed, and be a pastor. So, amen. You are, there is hope for everyone. <laughs> you ought to know that, that, that people that share platforms are real people. <laughs> we have issues, too. But I remember this time when I, I was working for my granddad. I was saved. I was working in children's ministry. I was doing all of the right things. I was not living the way that I had lived. And uh, I was working with my grandfather. He owned an air conditioning and heating company. And we were doing uh, some AC work in this house that was being remodeled. There was a lot of people in and out, lots of different uh, trades and different people working. And, and all of a sudden, uh, it just got really awkward there. You ever been in one of those moments you just feel it just got really awkward? We wrap up our work, we leave. And uh, the next day, I, I show up to the office and, and there's, a, there's a sheriff's car outside. I'm like, huh, interesting. I wonder what they're doing. I ain't got nothing to do with me. Well, they come to question me about a gift card that was stolen from this house. And this homeowner pinpointed me because he was the o- I was the only one that he didn't know that was there. So I'm like, hey, this is what I did. These were all my footsteps. I could retrace everything that I did in this house. It wasn't me, I didn't do this. And they're like, okay, we'll see about that. I'm like, I don't know what that means, but okay. So I go to work and we have work and then the next morning I show up and there's the sheriff's car again. And I'm like, what is happening? So what they'd done is they had gone and they had found a $14.89 hot check that I'd wrote two years earlier and they had a warrant signed for my arrest so that they could bring me in and hold me hoping that I would break about this gift card. (laughs) This was just this crazy accusation that turns into something that was way bigger than what it should have ever been. And so they put me in the holding tank at 9 a.m. and they tell me, here's the issue. I think I got in there at 9.02 and they said, here's the problem, the judge likes his paperwork to be uh, signed in in front of him by 9 a.m., and so, because it's 9:02, you won't be able to see the judge until tomorrow. <laughs> like, okay, I see you. Yeah. <laughs> my biggest concern in the moment was I didn't have my glasses. I had my contacts in, and I wasn't going to be able to sleep with my with my contacts in. That was my that was my only concern about being in jail. I'd never been there before, and so I, I, they hold me in this holding tank. This is a fun story to tell. They hold me in this holding tank. I feel like we're having church finally, and. Um, It's 7.30 p.m. and they they finally are going to take me into population. Such an interesting process. You know, you do all the things. And uh, I walk in. This is how you know the Lord loves you. I walk in and the biggest, meanest, nastiest looking dude in the whole place. It's literally exactly like they, they show in the movies. He's sitting in the middle of a picnic table and everyone's around him. I'm like, what is happening? What movie is this, Lord? All of a sudden, he recognizes me from high school. Oh, and I'm like, this is my saving grace. He gets off of the table, walks up, shakes my hand, validates me in front of everyone else on the, on the, in the cell block. And all of a sudden, I'm as safe as I can be. Because if, if they're going to joke joke with me, they got to joke with him and they ain't mess with that joker. He was mean looking. I don't remember him at all. He might have been an angel, I don't know. But I found myself in this place of of being in a situation where I had no control. I had no control. Everyone there maybe maybe had they had been there before. I was a fish out of water in this moment. I didn't, I didn't do anything to deserve this moment. Yes, I probably shouldn't have spent $14.89 two years before that that I didn't have. But it was this, this one accusation that came upon me and against me that caused me to get put in a place where I started to begin to question, had I done something else that was wrong and was I there by punishment? Quickly, I try to dismiss those, but we find ourselves sometimes in life in these moments where accusation starts really small, and it grows into something very, very big, and that's where we find Daniel. Daniel is in this spot because of a manipulative accusation against him. See, these people were afraid of who Daniel was. They were afraid of the favor that was on Daniel's life. Because of the excellent spirit, the scripture said, that was in him and he was gaining favor with the king and being set up for promotion, they brought in an accusation. See, right before you're fixing to press into your promotion, I believe that sometimes you become so alive on the enemy's radar that he has to do everything, I like to call them last ditch efforts, to try to trip you up, to get you to a place where you're You're in unfamiliar territory. See, when you're making a conscious effort to live in a new way, a way of excellence, a way of the kingdom, you're a target of the enemy. When you start living from a saved Jesus is Lord position, you become a threat to the enemy. Why? Because whether you know this or not, When you start living from the place that Jesus is Lord of all, less of you is available to be used by the enemy. The moment that you step into the place of believing all that Jesus did for you and you actually renewing your mind to what you can do through him, you are no longer, you're less available to be used by the enemy. It's one less person that is activating themselves or even stirring up gossip. It's one less person when you live from this redeemed place of being saved and understanding that the old is gone and the new has come. It's one less person that's cursing those that Jesus came so that they too could have a redeemed life. But here's the kicker. It's one more person when you start living this way. It's one more person that understands that they can do all things through Christ and they step into a God-given authority. And it's in those moments that you and I become, we become targets. This is exactly what happened here in Daniel chapter six. Because of who he is and because of the way that he lived, he was a threat. So they tricked the king into signing this petition. Hey king, no one can serve you. No one can serve a man. No one can petition a man. No one can pray to anyone except for you for 30 days. For 30 days, knowing full well that Daniel would 100% Far right into this trap, which would result in him in being thrown into this den of lions, being devoured, threat eliminated. Some of you are in situations right now that seem too big for you. It might be that people are lying about you. It might be that they're throwing wild accusations out against you, doing their best to cause disruption in your life. The enemy is doing his best to cause disruption. Disruption in your life, so that hopefully, you'll believe that you're in a pit with an enemy that is so big that you don't stand a chance, and you'll just quit. That's the intention. That's the intention of the disruption. The scripture says in John ten ten that he comes only the thief to steal to kill and to destroy. You might feel like you're in a in a pit where there's literally no way out of your situation. The walls are too steep. It's too muddy the voice of doubt is too strong. You don't know if you'll ever actually even make it out of your current state and your current situation. I want you to know this though. Everything that happened in the lion's den for Daniel was a result of one thing. It was a result of Daniel's belief in God. See, belief isn't something that you do once. The title of the message is Believe God, not Believed God. You don't just believe God once upon a time and say, well, I believed you and it didn't work. And so because it didn't work, I'm going this direction. Good luck in that direction, but Daniel believed. It was an activated, it was active, it was, a, it was an on, on go all of the time, active belief in God. And because of that, everything in the lion's den that happened, happened. An angel closes the mouth of a lion because of Daniel's belief. Daniel was taken up out of the den with no injury whatsoever because of his belief in God. The scripture said it. I'm not making this up. Daniel knew that the king had signed this order. I love this. It says that when he knew that the king had signed the order, he returned to his house and went to his upper room and prayed. And it wasn't that he was all of a sudden needing some Needing some resistance to start pressing into the things of God. You know what is amazing about COVID? Is that all of a the sudden there were people screaming at churches for closing that they never even attend? Come on. Like, we, we shouldn't need some sort of opposition to start practicing the things that we preach. Amen. They should be the things that we do, like Daniel, from the beginning that his custom was. It was all simply because of his belief in God. I'm gonna encourage you in this, keep pressing in, keep praying, keep giving, keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Keep your belief in God alive, amen? I wanna show you a promise, one of the other things that I felt the Lord said in this moment of of preparation. A promise that, that I believe is linked to what we just read in Daniel chapter three. It's found in Psalm 91, and I would encourage you, if you're in a situation, if you're in a season where you feel like you're in this pit and you can't get out, or if you feel like you're up against it every single way and there's no reprieve, there's no no pressure let off, everything is coming so strongly against you, I would encourage you to let Psalm 91 be something that you constantly are pouring over yourself. You're constantly literally taking it and resting underneath it. Let these words rest and and just come upon you. But I want to read something out of Psalm 91, and I'm going to start in verse 9 through 13. It says this. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, or sickness won't come on your house. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways." In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Pay attention to verse 13. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. This word cobra is translated one who twists the truth. One who contorts the truth. Sounds just like what Daniel was experiencing. It says you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. The the way that 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 psalm, the, the verse one of that whole psalm, it says this, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. See, there's something extremely powerful. Something extremely powerful about dwelling in the secret place and making the Lord your dwelling place. Just like Daniel did when he went into the upper room. It's this thing that gives you this supernatural ability to not just make it through war, but dominate in the middle of war. See, because I believe this, I believe that if you're under attack or if you're dealing with something, you're in the middle of a war, you're counting the cost. How much do I press in here? How much do I go after this? You should see the fact that there is a war happening all around you. There is the spiritual realm and there is this natural realm. And they are colliding and they're warring over you and they're warring over your family. That sounds graphic, but it's true. And resting and finding rest in this secret place, as the scripture says, it gives you this supernatural ability to not just withstand, but to dominate in the midst of these wars. Notice that it says you shall tread upon the lion and you shall tread upon the cobra. I love this. I love that the, the scripture often links itself one to another. I love that because of Daniel's position, I know what the king said, but yet I have been practicing something all of my life and I'm not gonna stop practicing it now because the king said I can't. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go into my upper room. I'm gonna go into my secret place and I'm gonna gonna pray three times because it's just what I do. And this three times, this belief that's constantly being built because it's activated and it's active in God, it puts him in a position to not only watch the Lord shut the lion's mouth, but then he ends up watching the king destroy the ones that accused him. You need to understand this, that in Isaiah chapter 54, it talks about how no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up against you in judgment you shall condemn. And then it says, this is the heritage of those who serve the Lord. Like there's an authority and there's a power that comes upon you from the secret place. I've talked about the secret place and I'm gonna continue to talk about the secret place because it's where we're supposed to develop. It is the training ground. You should have and you should cultivate a time where it's just you and God. If it's you going and standing in a corner and praying until you can't pray anymore for 15 minutes, let that be your secret place. If it's you pressing into God and, and you've got your, your favorite worship set list, do that. Whatever that is, make it a point to get alone with the Father. Because it gives you this authority and it gives you this, natural, this supernatural ability to tread upon and make a fool of the enemy when he comes against you with accusation. Because he's coming. He is the accuser of the brethren, is what the scripture says. Like Daniel, you're destined and designed to win. I'm gonna close. close with this. Uh, one of the things that I, I, was, I was praying on Friday, that I found myself praying, as I, I just was pacing, like I said, you ever, you ever been in the presence of God and you find yourself praying something different? <laughs> you just, you, you step into a, just a different place and you're like, you pray something and you have to stop for a moment? You're like, hold on, time out, God. What did I just say? <laughs> I had all these moments where I, I started praying this, that, that, that God would start thundering on your behalf that God would start thundering on your behalf. I had never prayed that, I would never heard anyone pray that, but I knew that there was something specific on it. I knew that there was something God on this. And so in first Samuel chapter seven, we see that, that Samuel is encouraging the children of God to turn from their wicked gods and, and stop serving their wicked gods and turn with all of their heart towards God because the Philistines, their enemy was pursuing them. And he said, if you'll turn towards God, if you'll remove yourself from these images of these false gods, the Lord God, the true God, the living God will deliver you from their pursuit. And so in this moment, they do this. They step away from their false gods. They lay their things down. They, they move away from these images. And we pick up in verse eight and it says this. So the children of Israel said to Samuel, do not cease to cry out to the Lord our God for us, that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. And Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. Then Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel, and the Lord answered him. Now as Samuel was offering up this burnt offering, the Philistines drew near near to battle against Israel, God's people. But the Lord thundered with a loud thunder upon the Philistines that day, and so confused them that they were overcome by Israel. And the men of Israel went up to Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and drove them as far back as Bethkar. I believe this. I believe that the Lord is thundering on your behalf. I believe that the Lord is shaking things in such a way that it's sending confusion into the camp of the enemy on your behalf. If you're, if you're up against it and you've been up against it for a while, receive this word prophetically and say, Lord, I receive this and I'm just thanking you for thundering and causing confusion so that there's so much confusion I see the way that the enemy's attacking me and I get to drive him out. Amen. That's your heritage. That's who you are in Christ. That you actually get to be the one that sees the enemy flee and sees the enemy in their confusion and you resist the devil." And he flees. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to RenewLifeChurch.com.